the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Woo! It's Friday night. <laughs> it is indeed. And this is hour two of the Friday night edition of the Andrea K. Show. Congratulations again to San Diego State Aztecs for winning in the uh, Sweet 16. Yeah, apparently they played a game. Yeah, apparently they played earlier today. We didn't know that. <laughs> hey, this isn't a sports show. What do you want from me? I mentioned it. <laughs> um, all right. Um, first time guest on tonight's Andrea K. Show. I'm super excited to have this gentleman with me. Let me set the stage for you guys. Although if you've been listening to the show for a while, you will know that I have lamented the fact that um, not only has the Republican Party and conservatives not done a good job in fighting back the, the against the culture war that's taking place to destroy Judeo-Christian principles and values, the fabric of our nation, but I've been disappointed in our Christian leaders and in our institutions in speaking up against it. I feel like so many of them are too scared to lose people in their church, too, too scared to lose money. I feel like some churches actually felt that it was the right thing to do, render unto Caesar. And so they went along with the COVID shutdowns. And I feel like there's, and and I also have talked about the fact that so many Christian friends and family of mine feel like the way for them to manage their thought life is to avoid the news and avoid anything negative. And that includes politics. And I think it, it, I think we can't separate the political situation and culture from our own personal lives. And I feel like it should be a part of our ministry. Joining me now to discuss all these issues going on culturally and our responsibility as Christians to that is Pastor Jim Reed from Lake Murray Church. He's author of the book Christian Basics and his ministry is Christian Life Tools. Hi, Pastor Reed. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hello. Thank you, Andrea. It's great to be here. So Even though uh, we're 30 miles away from each other. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, the, so many people, I have listeners from all over the country and a lot of people don't really know <clears throat> so, uh, that um, how big San Diego County is, right? And that really to drive from one end of it to the other would probably at least be an hour, um, depending. It's a different I, climate, a different yeah. climate at each spot. Yeah, it is. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and it's, and, and also, each neighborhood in each area kind of has its own little culture, its own little flavor, its own little feel. And I love the Lake Mary area because that was my first sales territory when I moved to San Diego many years ago. And I just love that area so much. Um, am I wrong in thinking that we don't have enough Christian leaders and pastors and denominations and, and institutions speaking up against uh, the cultural issues and what's going on in our country? I believe that is correct. They, they have essentially silenced us. I was very involved with the same-sex marriage thing, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, however, and I could never get on the media. 
and uh, it was a horrible, horrible situation. And and uh, so we're under attack. And unless we have a revival or a great awakening in the United States of America, I think we're uh, sinking fast. I agree. I agree. And on top of the fact that when we uh, we've got a media that is colluding to silence Christians and and silence our voices, they're also misrepresenting the the Bible and you know misrepresenting, you know, Jesus, you know, the old Jesus would be a socialist. We've actually got churches <laughs> where we've got pastors on the floor. We played a clip of one recently who said God is trans. Or Jesus is trans, Jesus is gay, Jesus is this, and just the complete perversion of the word of God is also a key factor here. And that's why I want, you know, and, and, you know, and I, I know it's tough for pastors to choose what they're going to preach about. And I know that they are under attack, but I just know that some of the biggest voices, some of the biggest pastors, because I watch, I've always got a sermon running in the background in my house and people like Stephen Furtick, who have these big mega churches, I never hear him speak about the cultural issues in our time, including what I think is the Trojan horse to bring us down. And that's the LBGTQ issue. Your thoughts. Yes, uh, we are we are sinking fast, and unless uh, again, as I say, unless we have a revival, we're in trouble. Because uh, whenever you mention LGBTQ and how how many letters you want to add, mm-hmm. keep adding them. Yeah. And uh, essentially, I like to say the R A factor is missing in our nation. The R A factor meaning responsibility and accountability. Yes. Uh, we're taking the responsibility from from uh, people are not accepting their own responsibility. They're blaming everything, racism or sexism or whatever, instead of taking personal responsibility. Then they're not accountable, the RA, the A part. They're not accountable to God. So they're free to do whatever they want. And and absolute freedom is insanity. There must be boundaries to freedom or it's insanity. And God puts those safe boundaries uh, on civilization and uh, to restore it. And we've, we've seen that in revivals constantly, but we're, we're sinking our nation's sinking fast. I miss the good old Southern revivals. I grew up in the deep South and revivals for me and my generation weren't, you know, in sweltering heat out under a tent, unless you're at jazz fest and you're at the gospel tent, which it could get super hot. But we used to have annual revivals in our churches. And oh my gosh, I looked forward to those so much growing up as a kid because I mean, talk about the spirit moving. And of course, praise music today just doesn't speak to me the way the good old fashioned hymns uh, did. You know, um, I, n- nothing against praise music, anything that celebrates the word of God and the Lord, I'm okay with. Um, but just, I, I, you know, when you mention the word revival, I'm just taken back to that time and just in which you reconnect with the Lord and you just get all fired up, right? And you're just ready to go out there. And I do feel like the United States needs a, 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 a revival. We kind of used to have that collectively with um, Billy Graham. TV specials. How do you right. think we go about having a national revival? Well, it's it's kind of complicated because I think it's a mystery because a revival has to be from, from the Lord. The Lord brings it and he drops it on our nation. We've had it in the 70s, I guess, the Jesus movement. In fact, I just saw that movie recently. Uh, oh, I love Jesus, that. Uh, Jesus Revolution. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I grew up right then. I was in that. So uh, I was trying to fight back tears all the time watching it just reminded me how I felt well we need that same thing today because otherwise people are setting their own boundaries and uh, I think that started in Genesis 3 and uh, the G3 complex is not doing well and it never has 
Only God can restore it through Jesus. He came, in fact, Christmas, Merry Christmas. He came to save his people from their sins. And when we can uh, mention sin, then then, uh, we can bring the cure, the, the right remedy. When you mention that only God can bring a revival, you mean in terms of us as citizens accepting Jesus as our Savior, right? Not that God, that we, because the reason why I ask that specifically is that I feel like, speaking of responsibility, I feel like I have a responsibility as a Christian to speak up against what's happening in our, in our nation. I feel like that, I feel like we all have a ministry here as Christians, and that's to speak about the Word of God, and that's to push back against the untruth that is going on. and people trying to, you know, mischaracterize, misquote, bastardize, excuse that word, the Bible. I can't think of a better word for it or blaspheme the Bible, um, pervert the Bible uh, and try to twist it for their own for their own purposes. You know, I have to speak up against that. I, you know, I, I understand the end. Right. And I know that people have been saying we're in the end times for for, you know, ever since the Lord <laughs> The, ever since Resurrection Sunday, right? Uh, we're talking to Pastor Jim Reed from Lake Murray Church. But I just feel like right up until I'm either carried up into the rapture or until I take my last breath here on earth, um, I'm going to continue to fight and use my voice to speak on behalf of, of the Lord and to push back against what's happening in America because I believe that we were blessed as a nation because of our beliefs and because of, of our founding fathers and that we believe as a nation, this country was founded on the concept our rights come from God, not from man. Right. And, and and we've got it. And and we've, and I feel like I've got a responsibility as a citizen and as a Christian to, to continue to fight. Right. It's hard to get that in a more populous view because unless somebody is saved, I'm not sure they're even going to believe that they want what God wants for our country, even though we were founded on the Judeo-Christian ethics ethic. In fact, the 1950s, we made In God We Trust our national motto. Mm-hmm. I think that's true, isn't it? Isn't yes. that our national motto? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, In God We Trust, because we're not going to be like those other nations and all the stuff they did. Mm-hmm. And then we made the National Day of Prayer, and we put Under God in the Pledge of Allegiance, all in the early 1950s. And we need to get back to that. Yeah. The reasons, the reasons those are put there. Right. And what are your thoughts? And, and I'm not that familiar with how y'all handled the COVID situation. I was very disappointed in my my church I go to, and I'm not going to say the name of it, but I felt like they completely cowed and failed to recognize that what was going on with these COVID crackdowns, when you could congregate in a Walmart, but you couldn't congregate in a church, that to me that that it showed explicitly that this was this was about a replacement of God with state. This wasn't about public health. And some churches decided to push back and and allow their churches to stay open and worship. What were your thoughts about from from a biblical standpoint am i wrong was it right for the churches to follow the government at what point is it okay for us as christians to say you're imposing on my my religious beliefs and ability to practice my religion i guess you could say there's kind of a war on because if they pass a law it's going to be pretty difficult to go against it unless you want the uh the repercussions of the law And we did stop our church for a few weeks or a month, but then we started meeting outside, and then everything kind of just disappeared, I guess. The law disappeared, but it's it's very difficult to uh, allow the the government to tell us what to do, Mm -hmm. because it's uh, our government is lost in in need of guidance and uh, foundation. They've thrown the foundation out, and it's kind of like the Saul Alinsky thing with uh, you know rules for radicals. Yeah, kind of following that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They're following the rules for radicals. I want to end with a good news story and in, in uh, skins, DJ potato skins, producer Noah found this story for yeah. me today. And um, I don't know if you know who black China is. I don't know anything about this person's work other than the fact this person is associated with the Kardashians. Um, but um, she says baptism and finding God led to her, her reversing her plastic surgery and quitting the degrading only fans. And she says reconnecting with her Christian faith and, and um, has just saved her. And she was recently baptized on her birthday. And I just thought, what a wonderful story um, to share with people, because, you know, this was somebody who was deep into the into the belly of if you know anything about only fans. I mean, it's really where women go and basically sh- show their body for money. And, you know, it's it's basically online prostitution in a way without the sex acts. Right. Yet, and yet she's just completely turned her life around by reconnecting and accepting Jesus as her savior. And look, if Black China, yeah. if Black China can can find the Lord and change her life, this should give hope to us that this this country isn't lost. Right. I agree. In fact, I, I was in the hippie movement in the, how, how long ago was that? I don't know, 50 years ago. You were a hippie? Lord. Oh, yeah. I had long hair. I had the whole thing. <laughs> I went to the concerts, you know, outdoor concerts with 10,000 people. But then the Lord, the Lord I, it's a long story, but the Lord saved me and my whole life turned around. I remember I went to, I wouldn't even go to a church. I went to a church and I, I got there at the wrong time. I got there an hour early. I was the only one there. And I sat, I was sitting there. I go, what is this peace I feel? Wow. I've never, and it's been that way for 50 years. I've been saved about 50 years. We need that spread across our land. Then people will just start doing what God wants. It's, I call it the Deuteronomy 6 principle. God was going to take him into the promised land, which is paradise, essentially. It's all perfect. Yet the only way to survive, Deuteronomy 6, the first nine verses, if you can pass my ways onto the next generation, yes. you'll make it. Yes. That's it. And we need that now. We absolutely do. Pastor Jim Reed, thank you so much for being here tonight. I appreciate you so much, and God bless. Okay, Andrew, thanks for having me. God bless. You too. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Oh, there's the D word, donuts. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Usually I say to skins during the break, I'm so hungry, it just hit me. <laughs> well, it's funny because it used to happen at about 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. And then I noticed, I'm like, what? 7 o'clock? The time change pushed your, your, your hunger fix to a later time. Exactly. Um, and Well, and it's also triggered because you pulled this clip about New Yorkers and inflation. Oh, now I'm thinking about pizza. Oh, I know. And Friday is my pizza night. I've only been to New York once, and there is nothing better than New York-style pizza. Oh, my gosh. I actually was there one year back many years ago during the 90s. I was there with Mama and Sister, and it was when – I can't remember the name of it, but it was when they had the annual uh, festival in the Italian neighborhood. Oh, okay. It starts with a, a C. I can't remember the name of There's like a name for the festival, and oh, my gosh. It was just glorious. The food was amazing, and the pizza, oh, my gosh. I, I, and I love thin, I love thin crust, so New York – pizza is just that's my jam and that was just one of the most we didn't know when we scheduled uh to go there at that time that that festival you're gonna have to google that for me it's gonna i will you know what's funny people always said new york style pizza is so much better i never had it i didn't believe it i said okay it's just all hype no it's not all hype right and now i gotta test it out 
and compare it to <coughs> Naples because my my girl Miss Monica and her family have transferred with the military over there, and she's uh, real close to Naples. And I got to try me some Naples pizza because that's supposed to be the best pizza in the world. Did you know this though, Skins? Recently. Uh, there was uh, a poll that was done, and San Diego was listed as the number one city in the country for pizza. Really? Yeah. I would not have guessed. No. We've got decent pizza in San Diego. I mean, it's Diego, good, but I didn't but think it was great. No, it's not. It's not New York-style pizza. No. No. It's just not. Sorry sorry to, to uh, San Diego local pizza. We've got some good pizza here, but it's not the same. So speaking of New York, while you're Googling that, I think that uh, one of the reasons why I think that that uh, what's his face Bragg overplayed his hand was I think that uh, he he misunderstood the issues that were facing all Americans and Democrat voters. I mean, he thought that and the Democrats are wrong if they think that everybody shares their Trump derangement syndrome to the point to where that's a number one issue for them. It's not. It's not. Okay, we're back up. I paid five twenty nine a gallon for gas the other I day. I did too this morning. Yep. Inflation is still a killer across this country. Oh, it's funny. That strategic reserve ran out. Yeah. People can't afford to take their... I I almost never go to fast food anymore because I'm not a fast food burger person. And and I went for the first time and I could recently and I couldn't believe what it costs for a combo meal. Oh, it's insane. It's like 12 bucks for a combo meal? It's like, you got to be kidding me. And there's so many minorities and low-income people in this country that, that, that uh, you know, rely on fast food because that typically has been where, where they could get an economical meal. There used to be dollar menus, right? Used to have the run for the border or the, the 99-cent food well, menu. Funny, Andrea, In-N-Out used to be the only place in town fast food-wise that the combos were under $10. Now the price has been affected with them too. Now, now they're above 10 Who can afford to feed their family anymore? You can't. You can't. Here's what New Yorkers had to say. So you think, so my point is, we're about to play, the, well, let's play this clip and then, then I'll, I'll connect the dots. Clip four. It's horrible, especially up here in Upper East Side. Everything is probably like 60% more. Hot dogs, coffee. I mean, what kind of stuff is more expensive? Uh, you got coffee, even waters, usually like $3 for a water. It's like $1, you go to Lower East Side. It sucks. It's awful. Is it more, cost more now for a bacon, egg, and cheese than it did, you know, a year or two ago? Um, definitely. I think I paid like four fifty last year, but I think like this year I'm paying like seven dollars. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. We're, and these are street vendors. This is where you go to to spend a couple of bucks, right? Because you know, cheap, quick, easy, cheap, quick, easy. This is what Democrats do. And you gotta have, you gotta try to find some quick, cheap, easy in New York because that trip that I mentioned when sister and mama and I were there and we went to the Italian festival, um, at that point, we were we were shocked by what it cost to eat in restaurants in, in, in New York. We're talking about five dollars for a glass of iced tea, and there was no free refills. There were, it, it was I uh, I don't want to exaggerate fourteen dollars for a cup of tomato soup at a restaurant. This was in the nineties, right? So yeah, I mean the average person can't really afford. You know, to to eat out in restaurants there. I can't even remember what it was for a stack of pancakes. And we were like, um, we got to be sharing this because we're not going to be able to afford the, 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 the rest of the days here. So, no, what's going on right now 
across this country with inflation means that the average voter ain't really worried about how how Trump how this money got to Stormy Daniels and and how it was accounted for. Okay, that just ain't the thing. All right, we're going to quickly go to the phones. Rick from San Diego is on the line and he wants to comment in on uh, where the best pizza is. Hello, Rick. Good evening, Miss K. Hey, 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 uh, Mr. Rick. Hey, hey, hey. You you hit the spot when you said pizza uh, being the best in New York. But the best in New York is a, is an Italian neighborhood in the Bronx, in the East Bronx. And if you Google um, the... Um, oh, goodness. It, it just slipped my mind. Um, Arthur Avenue. Arthur. That's Avenue. Uh, I'm googling right now. Arthur Avenue, Bronx. Bronx. Arthur Uh, Avenue, Bronx Italian restaurants. Okay. And that will give you the, uh, the the celebration that you, your mom and sister went to. It will give you a whole listing of the history of the pizza. Okay, I'm going to... Bronx Pizza. Bronx Pizza. We actually have a place in San Diego that's named Bronx Pizza, and I've never been there. Um, I'm not seeing the... It's on Washington Avenue. Is it good? And it may be uh, listed as Bronx Pizza, but it's a California pizza. Okay. Yeah. I I uh, I was disappointed. I was looking forward. My salivary glands were were <laughs> raging, and and it it didn't turn out too well. Well, but, it, it, but Bronx, I go ahead. But the Bronx pizza is made uh, with what is considered the best water ever. That's New why York New York has supposedly has the best bagels, too, right? It's got to do with the water? You got it. Absolutely. And if you want if you want a good uh, Jewish bagel, it's Katz's on Houston Street in Manhattan. Okay. You, you Google that, too, and, and your salivary glands will be raging mm. as well. I used to date a cats mm-hmm. in New Orleans. We had a lot of Katzes. Uh, cats and Best Off K&B Drugstore, uh, the, the Katz family, Stephen Katz. Yeah. Uh, so I love the, me the some. Closer. I love me. It, the Feast of San Gennaro, is that it? Uh, that's one of them. That's okay. I think that's yeah, the one that we went to. It, yeah, because we were there in September. We were there in September. So that's the one that, that we were at. That's right. And and what that coincides with is when the Italian families get together and they make their own homemade wine. Mm, you have my attention. Ab- absolutely delicious wine. Interesting. And, How do you know so much about this, Rick? Or did you grow up in the... Are you like J-Lo? Uh, are you like Rick from the uh, block? His, You know, Jenny I, from the block? I was... I was raised in the South Bronx. Oh, cool. And then I moved from the South Bronx to a place called Mayo Pack, New York, and from Mayo Pack to San Diego in 1974. Oh, you've been there a long time. You've Almost a native, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting out. Are you? Where are you going to? Yeah. Big Fork, Montana. Ooh, 
that's an interesting choice. Oh, it's a beautiful country up there. Uh, yeah, but do you know it's cold there in the winters, right? Yeah, but I, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Really? Uh, it's 57 miles south of the Canadian border. All right, Rick. So why did you choose that? And then I'm, then I'm up against a break. Why did you choose uh, Montana? Big sky country, right? Yes, it is big sky. And uh, I'm a traveling CNA, so I've got six states to travel to. What is a traveling CNA? Certified nursing assistant. Oh, I've got traveling nurses in my family. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's a great life. It is. They love it. They make good money, and they get to get to go live in cool places. And yeah, very good. Well, Rick, we appreciate you, and we thank yeah, you Rick, for coming. Yeah, Rick, I appreciate you because I've been talking about a trip to New York, and now I know where I need to go. And you, you need to go in September, it. right? He needs to go in September because th- I think that's good weather. That, and that's the best time to go mm-hmm. oh my my itinerary Absolutely. is being booked all right well rick thank you for calling all right thank you my dear well, god bless you both you as well rick. you too rick take it easy you know all i know is rick has uh, officially activated the ak and potato skins taste buds here on the show i know i'm gonna have to stop and pick me up a slice we don't have anybody um around in this hood that's like a new york style not pizza. that i'm aware of i mean i like lucadia pizzeria they're good. I still think they're a little far from here, though, right? No, they're they're not that far from here. Their their crust is a little sweet for me. I like Regions Pizzeria. Um, so yeah, now I'm getting really hungry. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to talk a little TikTok. Do you guys think TikTok should be banned? There's people trying to make arguments today against it. We're going to discuss it when we come back. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We ended last night's show talking a little bit about TikTok and disaffected Mike called in and said absolutely they should be banned the way they're spying on Americans. Mike spoke the truth. He did, um, but there's also another truth I think we need to think about as we share with you a little bit more about uh, the TikTok CEO coming before Congress yesterday. Um, well, let me pose this question to you guys. Um, if, how do I say it? Do we not have an as big, if not bigger problem with our own government spying on us and being weaponized against us? I'd say bigger. Yeah. Do I think we should ban TikTok? Yeah, because we've got the Chinese Communist but Party. But let's not lose sight. Yeah, but let's not lose sight. I mean, it's actually a nice diversion to bring to, to make TikTok be, you know, the greatest evil that's facing our culture right now. And clearly, um, they're, they're evil and they're spying on us and they're using our data against us. The CEO was forced to admit that, but I don't want us to lose sight of what, what what's going on and, and why um, we've got a, a, two, a two-tier justice system, not two-tier. We've got uh, one, one justice system for the elites in this country, and uh, which, it, which and, and by elite, I mean um, the uniparty and Democrats, and then we've got one for the peasants that are a threat to the Uniparty and the tyrannical government, and that's and the government seeking to control the outcome of our elections, right? And how are they doing this? They're they're scrounging our social media sites. They're they're um, <clears throat> data mining 
Americans reading our emails, you're using Google and Facebook and all the social media sites. They're doing as much to culminate data on us and reporting it back to the counterterrorism unit as 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 much as China is 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 culling our data and watching us and seeking to destroy us culturally and beyond through TikTok. Yeah, so TikTok's a problem, but even if they if, even if it is banned, Andrea, that doesn't stop what's actually going on. Well, you look at how not one person from the FBI was held accountable for the fact that they coordinated with Fauci and with the U.S. government to take down information that questioned or, or um, they, they called it disinformation. But the reality is you look at the FBI covering up for Hunter Biden and taking and, and, and going to Facebook and, and working with Twitter to make sure that that story didn't get, but to cover up the crimes of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden in order to control the outcome of the elections. And they did that through social media. Through social media, our own government stopped anybody from sharing the truth about what was going on with COVID, with treatments to COVID, with the shots and with the lockdowns, including suppressing actual doctors and scientists. That I suggest to you that the U.S. government used our social media against us in ways that is far worse than anything China has done with TikTok. So I'll ask you a rhetorical question because I know your answer. Even though it goes back to Hugh Hewitt's, you know, if it's not close, they can't cheat. Had all that information got out, would the election have turned out the same? No. No. So all these people claiming that there's no election fraud or that Trump didn't prove this or that or whatever, there's your, there's your electioneering right there. And not one person from the FBI was held accountable for violate Americans' civil rights. Not one person. Freedom of speech. Right. And in addition to that, they actually got in the the big spending two weeks before the new Republican-controlled House was going to take place. The Republicans joined with the Democrats in the tr- multi-trillion dollar a disgusting, bloated bill that they pushed through to fund the government through this coming September. And it included giving more money to the FBI. So, okay, so, you know, um, here's, here's uh, Representative uh, Anna Eshoo talking to TikTok CEO who's claiming that the Chinese Communist Party never asked for data. Uh, yesterday's clip nine. How does TikTok, rather, how do you convince uh, the Congress of the United States that there can be a clean break? Uh, why would the Chinese government sidestep uh, their uh, national law, including Article 7, Article 10, um, uh, in terms of user data? Congressman, th- thank you for the question. I'm glad you asked this. Sure. As I said in the opening statement, our plan is to move American data to be stored on American soil I by the American that. companies. I understand that. I understand that. But but you're sidestepping, or I haven't read anything uh, in terms of uh, TikTok, how you can actually say, and you spoke in your opening statement about a firewall relative to the data. But the Chinese government has that data. How, how can you promise that, uh, that that will move into, uh, into the United States of America and be protected here. Uh, Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I, have I, asked find that that, I find that actually preposterous. 
I have uh, looked in, I have seen no evidence of this happening. Mm. And in order to assure everybody here and all our users, our commitment is to move their data in, into the United States to be stored on American soil by an American company, overseen by American personnel. So the risk will be similar to any government going to an American company asking for data. Is that... Well, I'm one that doesn't believe that there is really a private sector in China. He hemmed and hawed and flat out lied right there and said the Chinese government doesn't have access to the data. And then he said this, clip 10. Today, do ByteDance employees in Beijing have access to American data? Uh, Congressman, we have been very open about this. We have relied on global interoperability. You have access to American data. Congressman, I'm answering your question. If you give me just a bit of time. We, we rely on global interoperability, and we have employees in China. So, yes, the Chinese engineers do have access to global data. They have access to global data. Uh, yeah. There it is. You can say it. We already know. Isn't that what my cousin Vinny said to one of the, one of the witnesses? Why does it always come back to my cousin Vinny? <laughs> because it's so good. Oh, I know. I agree. <laughs> I think that was the the guy that had all the bushes and the trees in front of him, uh-huh. in front of his windows. <laughs> I'm not sure. It might have been the guy that claimed that grits soaked water into it faster in his kitchen than any place else. I'm not sure where it was. Um, I don't know if I can play this this whole clip. He 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 also here's here's a little bit. I might not be able to stand the whole thing, but here he is being confronted about how many children have died because of their TikTok challenges that we know are intentionally. We talked about this just early in the week that these challenges. Now, there's are, no way around this. There's one. no way around it. And how they're intentionally. This is this is a way for the Chinese Communist Party to kill our kids. Uh, Clip one from understanding that they're looking at the eyes. How do you determine what age they are then? Um, we rely on age gating as our key age assurance. Age gating, which is when you ask the user what age they are. <laughs> right. We have also developed some tools where we look at their public profile um, to go through the videos that they post to see whether... Well, that's creepy. Tell me more about that. It's public. So if you post a video, that's, you choose that video to go public, that's how you get people to see your video. We look at those to see if you, it matches up the age that you talked about. Now, this is a real challenge for our industry because privacy versus age assurance is a really big problem. Look, look, you keep talking about the industry. We're talking about TikTok here. We're talking about children dying. Do you yep. know how many children have died because of this? Do you have any idea? Can you tell me? Uh, uh, Congressman, again, it's heartbreaking. Can you tell me if, how many children in America have died because of challenges like this? The majority of pe- people who use our platform use it for positive experiences. <laughs> I, that's not what I ask you. There I some... ask you, tell me the number of children, of U.S. children who have died because of these challenges. Congressman, uh, again, the majority of, majority of people who come on our platform get a good I'm experience. I'm not talking about... <laughs> he keeps... The majority of people get a, give a good experience. Um, do they consider it a good experience with... Uh, remember, we talked about the study the other day of 13-year-olds within 10 minutes are starting to get suicide... Uh, content sent their yeah, way. How about that experience? I guess their idea of a good experience is somebody uh, wanting to getting somebody getting suicidal ideation. This is despicable and disgusting. We need we should be banning TikTok. And by the Period. way, all the way around, all the way around. And by the way, parents. By the way, parents, 
something's wrong that, you know, 13 year olds should not have access to social media unsupervised. I'm sorry. If you're watching them, different story. If you're not. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, we've got too many parents that, you know, like the Kardashians that set up and, you know, put their kids on TikTok and, you know, parents trying to make a living off of everybody wants to be a momager like Kris Jenner. Um, but we shouldn't be allowing this in, in our country if for no other. We, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to the to decades before in this country to think that how far we've sunk as a nation. And it's, to where we we've na- sunk far, we've sunk far, so far in this country that we're allowing the a Chinese company to operate here to steal our da- our data and to and, and to kill our kids. That's how far we've sunk in this nation. Hmm. This may be my stink of the week. Just in general, how far we've sunk in a nation. We're going to take a break. We come back. We will give our hero of the week and stink of the week. And if you have one and you want to call in, 888-344-1170. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. I got to give a shout out to the attorneys in this Gwyneth Paltrow ski case because I literally, I was working, like I said, on a per, on a personal project and had it on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it I had me and it was the attorneys really today that had me laughing out loud I mean it was like if they think it's like they were trying to be Camille Vasquez or something in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial I mean both the defense attorneys for Paltrow and the plaintiff's attorneys particularly the woman today it was just it was so cringe so cringe and it was just really really entertaining um, I don't know if anybody out there is following this case but I gotta tell you right now it's, it's pretty clear to me at least so far um it seems like uh this this dude is just uh uh it's his 15 minutes of fame and looking to get three million dollars out of a celebrity she's so much more credible than this dude's daughters were but these attorneys today (laughs) in fact at one point um a friend of the show and friend of mine actually emailed me today and said Gwyneth Paltrow had sent her pastor attorney a post-it note that said land the plane (laughs) (laughs) Let's <laughs> just, oh my gosh, I was thinking of it because we were talking about my cousin Vinny earlier. All right, Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Your thoughts, my man, Skins. Yeah, I got to give Stink of the Week to just <sighs> the, the, so everything much. that's going on with, with, with the TikTok right now. I mean, that is, I think that's a really big problem in this nation. So let's, mm. both sides have to figure it out. And TikTok as a whole, I mean, shame on you. Yeah, to me, there's so much stink. To me, it's almost like a lot of the stink is symptoms of the underlying issue in their country. You know, it's like Pastor Reed said earlier, you know, we're, 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 this country's sinking fast. And, you know, and what's, and, and, and when I look at the cultural war and how, because they've gone so unopposed for so long, how it's just what it's doing to children in this country that it's like, if, if not now, when are you ever going to, to, to step up? And for me, my stink is kind of like twofold. It's the U S government and how far we've sunk from being weaponized against citizens, what we're doing to children, 
And so my stink is those in the Republican Party not living up to their obligation as elected officials and citizens, us not living up to our obligation to being active and using our voices and doing something about it because the children are under attack now and future generations are going to really suffer if we don't if we don't take this country back. Especially with where this country's at. I mean, Absol- they yeah. are they are the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's my overall stink. My runner-up is um, when we look to trying to take our country back, you know, I've been very critical of DeSantis this week because he really dropped the ball. And it, I'm just really concerned about somebody who I've been really supporting and thought he's done a really good job of the past couple of years. And now I'm really, it hurts to see it happen. It does, because even if Trump takes 2024, we still need somebody for 2028. And now I've got to question him, seriously question him. And then I'm really not liking how Trump is overly focused on DeSantis right now and all the attacks and i feel like i feel like he's um both aren't focusing yeah and some of his truth social posts today like with a baseball bat um and and next to an image of alvin bragg i just feel like i you know it's hard for me to criticize that because i can't imagine what it's like to be six years later of being under attack by the government. He's the only one that knows. And he's the only one who knows, but he really, really, really needs to get more disciplined in his messaging and keep it focused on the government and have it be in a way where he's connecting it. He was the, he was such a master in 2015 of having his finger on the pulse of the American citizen and fighting for them. And I can't imagine being in his shoes but he needs to get back to being somebody who's fighting for the citizens and and, and less about this kind of stuff. I agree. If that makes sense. Um, both of them need to, you know, if they are going to be leaders going forward, this petty stuff is just, it's not helping them. And Focus on the nation, less about yourself. Yeah, and keep it keep it on the issues going forward. Um, I, I got to say, I, I, I for Hero, um, who do we have for Hero? Uh, who are you just talking about with Pastor Jim, uh, uh, that model China? I mean, that's it, it, it gives me hope for this nation. I'm, I got to give it Hero of the Week to the to the young African-American dude in D.C. who so articulately confronted Fraud Fauci that it sent Fauci running down Amen. the street. It sent, sent Fauci off like a cockroach trying to avoid a can of spray, can of raid. All right, we'll see you on Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.